From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Gaudet. More Idaho Matters right now. Brilliant, haunting, devastating. These are just some of the adjectives being used to describe the new book, Four Treasures of the Sky, by Jenny Tingwei Zhang. She's a Chinese-American writer, and this is her first novel. The book is about a Chinese girl who was kidnapped and smuggled to America, traveling from a San Francisco brothel to a shop in the Idaho mountains. And it tells the tale not only of one girl, but of the pain caused by the Chinese Exclusion Act in a small chapter of Chinese-American history. The City Club of Boise is bringing Zhang to Boise March 4th for a reading and conversation. And she's joining us now for a preview. Jenny, welcome to Idaho Matters. Thank you so much for having me. So can you give us kind of a quick summary of the book and an idea of this story? Yeah, so this book is set in the 1880s, and it's about a young girl named Daiyu who is kidnapped from uh, her home in China in this little fishing village. She eventually makes her way to a nearby town where she is kidnapped and shipped across the ocean in a bucket of coal to end up in uh, San Francisco to work in the brothels. And from there, she manages to make her way over to Idaho. And while all of this is happening, the Chinese Exclusion Act is in full swing. Mm -hmm. And not only is she having to contend with, you know, issues of survival, being being a young girl in a uh, very male-dominated environment, but she's also having to contend with this question of, you know, how do I survive as a Chinese person? Um, And what is the right thing to do when all I want to do is go back to China, but all of these atrocities are happening to Chinese people where I currently am. Why did you decide to pick the 1880s American West for the backdrop of this story? Yeah, that's a great question. I certainly am not a historical fiction writer by trade. <laughs> I uh, my my concentration was in creative nonfiction in my MFA in Wyoming. But um, this story, uh, something that occurs in the book, um, was brought to me by my dad, who was uh, driving through Idaho back in 2014, and. He found this marker, this historical marker on the side of the road that talked about this hanging of five Chinese men um, near Pierce, Idaho. And he thought it was so interesting that five Chinese men just were in Idaho in the 1880s, because to his knowledge, you know, Chinese people were in San Francisco and New York City and L.A., but Idaho felt like a very strange place. And so he told me about this story. He asked me if I could, you know, write him the story of what happened. Mm. And so when I was in the last semester of my MFA program, we were doing a novel writing workshop and I truly had nothing in my head to write about that would justify the length of a novel. And this was the story that I thought about. So me setting it in the 1880s is kind of a product of it really happening in the 1880s and um, me feeling like it was an urgent story to explore. Well, so let's talk a little bit about maybe some of that urgency in particular, I think, around the Chinese Exclusion Act, where so many people still don't know much about it. And can you talk a little bit about it and, and how it works into the novel? 
Yeah, so the Chinese Exclusion Act was uh, sort of the first law or legislation of its kind to be passed where basically it restricted immigration into the United States. And in this case, it was against Chinese workers um, due to a fear at the time that, you know, Chinese people were going to come over and take all of the labor because they were willing to work for less than their white counterparts. So this happened in 1882, and under its passage, you know, Chinese people just weren't able to come to America. Um, so it, it's interesting because, um, as you mentioned, not many people know about this, but again, it mm -hmm. was the first significant law restricting immigration into the U.S. So I remember, you know, I when I took a uh, Asian American studies history course in the final semester of my undergrad, that was when I learned about this law. And I thought about all of the mandatory American history classes I had taken up to that point and how I had never even heard a mention of this law, however significant it is in, in my time in all of those classes. And even mm. now when I hear from readers, they say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't know about this. It's atrocious that we haven't learned about this. It's it's just so interesting to me that such a huge thing could, could be forgotten in this way. So I want to talk a little bit about Idaho in this whole story, because this is where your main character ends up. Why did you pick Idaho? But also where in Idaho is she? And and I'm curious about maybe the culture shock of a, you know, young Chinese girl landing in Idaho of all places in the 1880s. Mm -hmm. I picked Idaho because um, the the story of the hanging, the five Chinese being hanged, it mm -hmm. happened really in Pierce, Idaho. So I always knew this is where the story has to end up and we have to contend with this event and figure out what, what the story was behind it. And this question of, you know, a, a young Chinese girl kind of landing in Idaho um, was really interesting to me. And the first thing I realized was that I don't think she can realistically survive as a young Chinese girl in Idaho. And that's why she pretends to be a young man named Jacob mm. Lee during her time in Idaho. And this is this is kind of where the novel also goes into questions of identity and masking and the faces that we have to put on in order to survive our various surroundings. Um, but for her time in Idaho, you know, I really, I really drew upon my own time um, in Wyoming and Laramie. And I know that Wyoming and Idaho are not <laughs> the same place, but for someone who has spent most of her life in a city in Austin, Texas, you know, coming to Wyoming and seeing this landscape, these mountains, the wind, kind of this unforgivability of environment was really crucial for me to imagine what my main character, Dayu, what her experience might be like in a place that is similarly mountainous and, you know, this mm -hmm. kind of wild west um, ethos. Um, so, yeah. Well, and so, but but also, I know you did a lot of research for this book, but also I would, I would think that setting it in Idaho was necessary as well because of the Chinese Exclusion Act and, and the Chinese American history that we have in Idaho that, again, people may not know about. Um, so how important was it then to, to, to you know, marry these, these two things together in the novel? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was shocking to me as I started doing research uh, for the novel, just how much of a Chinese presence was in Idaho. I believe in the 1870s, Chinese the the Chinese oh I'm sorry the Chinese population made up thirty percent of um, Idaho's mm -hmm. population, um which is a huge number and I don't think that is the case today but certainly that was so shocking to me because again we think of you know Chinese immigration and communities as being in these big cities that are still very robust today like L A and San Fran and uh, New York City we forget. Mm -hmm. that actually they were such a crucial part of the community. You know, the Chinese in Idaho, um, they worked as chefs, as um, launderers, as, as miners, of course, and they were quite integral to the community at the time. How much does your main character represent what really happened to so many Chinese people uh, back in the 1880s? I, you know, as you mentioned, I did do a lot of research for this book. And in doing that research, I read a lot about the experiences of Chinese immigrants in the West in Idaho during that time. I funneled as much of that into the book as I could. Um, for my main character, her journey is one of, you know, always wanting to get back home, always wanting to find her way back to her family in China and coming to realize in America that her Chinese-ness, her being Chinese is something to be hated and reviled. And that is the shock to her because she comes from a place where everyone looks like her and she is just accepted. So I think that's mm. one facet of the Chinese um, or, or, you know, an immigrant experience in America. Um, but the things that happened to her, you know, are not, they certainly do not reflect everything that happened because I don't think it would have been possible. But mm -hmm. I did infuse other characters' experiences of violence um, and discrimination um, with, with uh, real things that happened in history. Mm -hmm. So I know this is your first novel. What's it been like to have it received so well? Oh my gosh. Well, I was <laughs> honestly shocked <laughs> because uh, as anyone who has ever experienced imposter syndrome knows, you just expect the worst and you think you've done the worst job ever. So it's been incredibly gratifying and, and um, humbling to, to hear the... Uh, the feedback from the readers and it's been I think the most rewarding part has just been hearing that the novel has connected with people in some way you know I became a writer or I have been a writer for most of my life because I wanted to connect with people because it was hard for me to verbalize the things that I felt and the things that I um wanted to say but through words and writing it has always been easy for me. And so to to hear that feedback of, hey, this touched me in, in some way, or hey, this made me think about something I didn't before has been truly the best. Well, it has been a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. 
It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudet. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.